Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, March 16th, 2017. How are you? It's bright and early. I'm very excited because I have one of my favorite guests back on the show, executive director of Smith Street Stage and longtime San Antonio Spurs fan, Jonathan Hopkins. J-Hop, welcome back. Hey, Sam. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me back. Dude, it's it's been too long. There's a lot going on with this NBA season. Um, you know, certainly some drama as we build up for the playoffs. Um, but the Spurs, of course, rolling along. The first post-Tim Duncan era season. And it, I mean, listen, no disrespect to Tim Duncan, but it feels like they haven't missed a beat. So... My first question for you is, the talk of the town right now is the fact that the Spurs have officially grabbed the number one seed over the Warriors. Not right now. You know, we're not in the playoffs, but right now, they're sitting atop. They finally caught them. Um, my first question for you is, do you think they're going to hang on to that number one seed, uh, or do you think the Warriors are going to kind of take it back before the end of the season? Well, um, as of right now, last night San Antonio lost to Portland. Yeah, that so was now, so, that was so Damian Lillard just went off there, man. Right, so they're they're a game behind. I'm looking at things right now. Right now, Golden State's fifty three and fourteen, and San Antonio's fifty two and fifteen. So exactly one game behind. Mm-hmm. Um, San Antonio has a tougher schedule mm-hmm. um, going out, but. Golden State is also 500 in its last 10 games. Yeah. Um, basically, since Durant went out, yeah. they've really struggled. I, I really think this is going to be a toss-up. I mean, the, the Spurs are going to rest people, but the, because the Spurs always rest people, that's sort of baked into their record. Like, right. they've been resting people, and mm-hmm. they're still 52 and 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's a little bit different for Golden State, I think, for, you know, like when they are going to rest, if they rest Curry or Clay or Draymond, then right. that's sort of a different team that's going out there and playing. And Golden State's, you know, 10th guy and 11th guy and 12th guy aren't really giving them as much as those equivalent guys on San Antonio's team. Yeah. So I think it goes, I think it goes right down to the wire. And I'm curious um, if either team pushes for it. I don't, I, I mean, I think I would give an edge to San Antonio simply because I think they may be more likely to push for it. And uh, Steve Kerr may be more likely to say like, Hey, we, we don't need the one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so may, may therefore like rest off his guys for it yeah so that I, I would give maybe a slight edge for san antonio only because pop might want it um you know they usually rest guys down the stretch but i remember 2014 their last championship year which mm-hmm. of course was the year when they were coming off the finals loss yeah the, uh the, the first time that they played miami in the finals they didn't have home court mm. uh, and then the second time they did and i remember at the end of that year popovich uh, wasn't resting guys on some back-to-backs toward the end of the year. And I remember thinking, like, oh, he's going for the one seed. He's definitely going for the one seed. So I'm curious to see if San Antonio does that, especially now that it's in 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 grasp. So I think I would give this a slight edge to San Antonio only because I think they're more likely um, to go for it than Golden State would be. Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with you, but I, I'm going to sort of look at it a little bit from the lens of the Warriors. I... Uh, you know, I've been following the Warriors since Durant went down, like the rest of the NBA. But it's it's amazing what's happened to the Warriors. I mean, they've truly lost their way. Uh, you know, they are not the same team without yeah. Durant. 
uh, you, what it's really exp- I don't listen. I don't want to go totally down the the Warriors kick you know rabbit hole just yet. I want to stay on the Spurs, but I really think that the Warriors are just downright struggling, and I think the Spurs are going to grab the number one seed just by being the Spurs. Like I think you're right. going to see the Warriors lose some games and fall behind the Spurs. You know, maybe even one. I mean, might even they might even finish three games behind the Spurs. That's what I really think because of how so much I think they're going to kind of continue continue being five hundred until Durant gets back. I, I think you know I think they'll be a little better than five hundred, but this is truly a moment where they're trying to refine themselves, and I think that there's a strong feeling that uh, you know oh Durant's out, but they still got Curry and Thompson and Draymond, and that should be fine. But what we're seeing now is it's not just fine. And you're seeing what Durant has really sort of filled in for uh, with the loss of Harrison Barnes, with the loss of, you know, Leandro Barbosa and Bogut and Spates. Like, you know, I think we're neglecting how little turnover there was between the two seasons with the Warriors going from, you know, both years in the finals to now where there's a lot of turnover. Now you see Zaza playing a lot. You see, you know, Patrick McCaw and... Ian Clark playing a lot and you know these guys just don't have the same cohesion and you know you take Durant out of that equation and all of a sudden the Warriors are really trying to figure something out as they go into the playoffs when I think they should be you know getting hot right now so right I mean that's kind of why I think the Spurs are going to take the one seed because they're just trucking along that's what they do you know I'm looking at their like their last few games since mm-hmm. Durant went out or about since Durant went out um, their losses are the the Wizards, yep, the the Bulls, mm-hmm. the Celtics, the mm-hmm. Timberwolves, the Spurs. So the Timberwolves aren't a playoff team, but they've been playing really well lately. Yeah, but you um, you mentioned another the, the Bulls. They'll lose them yeah. to the Bulls. That's that's ugly. Yeah, their their last few wins are uh, the Sixers yes. by two points. Yes, and I uh, I watched a chunk of that game. Like, they were losing by sixteen to my Sixers. In the third quarter, I mean, something is rotten in the state of Denmark, or really in the state of California, when you got to be having Draymond Green pull a magic trick out of his ass just to beat the Sixers. Right. Um, the other thing, the Spurs have beat Golden State twice, and they play one more time, and so the Spurs already have the tiebreaker mm-hmm. if they end up having the same record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, another reason why I kind of just feel like San Antonio's in the driver's seat. Uh. Let me hit you with another one. So can we talk a little okay. bit about Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. So is he the MVP this year? Uh I I I think I think he might be. Yeah. I mean, like I, I mean, know we're all hyped about the triple double machines, but San Antonio and their stars, the most, you know, uncelebrated of superstars that are out there, but I mean Kawhi is very quietly putting together the best season of his career. He's pull is, you know, I don't want to say he's carrying the Spurs on his shoulders, but he's a gigantic piece and a gigantic reason for their success. Um, I mean, why, why, why isn't he in the discussion more? Well, I think, I think, um, I think it's because, you know, Harden's averaging 30 points and, you know, leading the league in assists, and then there's Westbrook and the, the triple doubles. And then usually if there's been space for one more guy in the discussion, it's LeBron because yeah. we still think he's the best player. And so, so he's sort of bringing, you know, occupying that, that third spot. Um, 
but I think it's just because you know these their their these performances are so gaudy and their statistics are so incredible that mm-hmm. that you know someone who's playing for a team that's on pace to win sixty five games or so um, and is is having a great year and is probably the NBA's best defender yeah um, or or certainly the best perimeter defender yeah and he's also averaging he's averaging twenty six points in thirty four minutes yeah efficiency you know, and, and Yes, and he's 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 uh, his, his shooting percentages are. I'm looking at them right now. They're a little down from last year, mm-hmm. but still very good. Forty eight percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's averaging a career high in assists. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's distributing things more. If the Spurs take the number one seed, I, I think who will be the MVP? And I think and I think part of the reason will be, I think there will be a lot of people. <laughs> It's sort of this weird thing where everyone's spent all year trying to decide between Westbrook and Harden. Yeah. And a lot of people will just break that tie by voting for Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Mm. Um, especially if they're the number one seed. And and so, like, you get this late narrative. Um, it's like, you know, I remember I, I read, you know, Bill Simmons' basketball book. And he has this great find from Carl Malone's first MVP season. Where there's a, he there's an article in Sports Illustrated like in in February or March. Okay. I think it was by Jackie McMullen. Oh, and and the gimmick of the article is it's like, hey, we know Jordan's probably going to win MVP, but why not Carl Malone? Mm. And it's just sort of like making the case of like, you know, Malone's done this. Look at his numbers. Look at his team's record. And it's sort of funny because Malone did win the MVP that year. But yeah. it's sort of like as late as February or March, it's just sort of like, hey, we all know Jordan's really going to win it. But right. it's kind of like, let me make the outsider's case for this other guy. Probably didn't think of it. And you can sort of – and then it's like you know a sort of narrative momentum takes over mm. where it's like everyone's like, yeah, why not Carl Malone? And you can sort of see the same thing happening to – with with you know Kawhi, which is like the the whole year has been dominated by is it going to be Westbrook or is it going to be Harden? Yeah, and sort of the, like the way you answer that question says a lot about what you think about basketball or yeah. how you follow the NBA and stuff like that. And and then I, I just wonder if a lot of people just break that tie by saying like, well, the, the Spurs have a better record. I, I think Kawhi's supporting cast is better than both of those supporting casts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's like. 12 games better mm-hmm. or whatever. And then there's sort of this factor, which is I, I have no problem with Harden being the MVP and I have no problem with Westbrook being the MVP. But if we were picking teams, I would pick Kawhi before both of those guys. Yeah. And yeah. I would, I mean, I would pick LeBron before Kawhi. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but uh, you know, just when you, when you, when you watch them play and, and this, that's the, the sort of, a few people have mentioned this as the sort of X factor in this conversation is that Kawhi can guard those guys. And oh, so, yeah. and so you, you have someone who's not only capable of being a first option offensively on, you know, a, a 60 win team and, and averaging 26 points a game, but that same guy can just terrorize any of these other players um, on defense, so I, I mean, I, th- I think he would get my vote. Yeah. Um, I think you know Popovich hurts him a little bit because there's sort of the perception, you know, that he that he's part of a system that, that he's, he's in the middle of the team. Player. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, and that their regular season win total is in part. And I think this is 
this is by and large true is uh, because Popovich is is such a great coach and mm-hmm. such a great game to game coach, and then mm-hmm. even when he's resting guys, he still gets great performances. Um, and so, I mean, I would really like how how many wins do you think Greg? Let's say the San Antonio team. What are what? Are, let's say they're on pace to win sixty four games. Okay, I, I could actually do the math. Okay, I, I'm not going to. That's let's okay. Just say they're they're on pace to win sixty four games. Sure. Um. So that that'd be, that'd be what sixty four and eighteen. And they have 15 losses now. All right, 62 to 64. Let's say that they're going to win 62 to 64 games. Okay. How many wins do you think Popovich is worth? Let's say they had just done this whole season. Who do you think is an average NBA coach? Uh, like the Charlotte coach or like the Utah coach? Like I mean, uh, no, like Utah coach has been pretty good. I would let's throw out there. Um. Budenholzer. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Let's throw out their Budenholzer. Okay, so if, if Budenholzer was their coach this entire year, what do you think their record would would have been? If we're going to say Pop is going to end up winning between sixty two and sixty four games, um, if you had Budenholzer or with Kawhi and Lamarcus Aldridge and and yep. David Lee and Pau Gasol and Patty Mills, I, I you know I I don't. Mm. I don't think it would be a 60 win team, but I do, yeah. I do think it would be a 55 win team. I think yeah. I could see 56, 57 wins. Like I think pop is worth at least, you know, another, you know, four to eight wins. I think pop is really worth that much. I mean, you talk about a superstar like Kawhi being able to shoot and defend. I mean, that sounds like LeBron, this ability to be right. this complete force on both ends of the court. You know, we talk about two-way players like Jimmy Butler or Paul George, but the ultimate, the 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 OG is LeBron and what we're seeing is a little bit of that Kawhi coming out of the mold because we always knew Kawhi was good defender. We knew he was a yeah. he's great defensive player. What I think has really blossomed, you know, is his all-around game, is his offensive game, his ability to then, you know, completely destroy on both ends of the court. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, I say you put Budenholzer on that team with coach, you know, about 55, 56, uh, wins. Right. I mean, I think that sounds right to me. I think, I think pop is, is probably worth eight wins. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Zach Lowe on the low pod, uh, the low post always talks about how he just should, he's, it's like automatic coach of the year is always Greg Popovich. Right. Like he just right. should all, always be him. Well, I feel the same way about LeBron being MVP until I see any type of opportunity for him to slow down, which I'm waiting for it, but I'm not seeing it. I kind of feel like, and, and truly I almost feel like it's, you know, this year the race is really between LeBron and Kawhi. That's oh yeah. I mean, I'm wowed by these gaudy numbers by Harden and uh, Westbrook, but in my mind, I mean, the Cavaliers and the Spurs are two of the best teams out there, and these two guys are gigantic pieces. You listen, you take you take LeBron off of the Cavaliers, you take Kawhi Leonard off of the Spurs. I mean, those teams are. I mean, I don't think the Cavaliers would even really make the play. Well, with Kyrie, maybe maybe they'd squeak I, into an I, eight seed. Yes, I think that, but that would be their ceiling. Exactly. And, I mean, that's that's how they performed every time LeBron sits out. You should think like, okay, well, they have Kyrie Irving, who's a playmaker, and they have uh, Kevin Love, who can get his own shot. They should be they should be fine, and they have all the same role players and defenders and shooters. Mm-hmm. They should be fine 
without LeBron, and they never are. Like, their record without him, I forget what it is. It's, it's bad. It's pretty atrocious. It's bad. I mean, they really, because you, you take that main ingredient out of, off of their team. I mean, he's not, he doesn't just bring in defense. He brings in playmaking and, you know, his ability to at least get his own shot. I mean, it's, it's, it's not an accident that he's LeBron James. And I think you right. see a bit of that when you, when you see Kawhi on this team, because, you know, you remove Kawhi, the Spurs, listen, the Spurs have a much better supporting cast than, than LeBron James. And I think that, uh, um, you know, they would still be able to manufacture wins. You put Greg Popovich. I don't, I don't with, think that's, I don't think that's true. I don't think they have a better supporting. I mean, I guess, would you take our Aldridge over Kyrie Irving? Uh, no. No, you're right. That's I a mean, good point. I, I, I mean, I, I think those guys are sort of even. And then, I, I mean, I think Kevin Love, I would definitely take him over Pau Gasol. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whoever. Um, you know, I, I think um, I think Cleveland's supporting cast is, is I think they're, they're pretty good. I mean, I don't think it can work without LeBron. Yeah, like, for whatever, for I whatever think they're reason. pretty good, but I'm, I'm not... I'm not deceived by the big names. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes they bring in these flashy free agents, like you know Kyle Korver or Channing Frye, and you know they've had Shumpert and J.R. Smith. But even still, you know you just remove LeBron. I mean he's the linchpin there, and if you take him out of the equation, I just don't think those guys function the same way. Whereas you know the Spurs, listen, they're. St- they're still going to struggle without Kawhi Leonard, but I mean, they'll they will make it work. They're still a fifty win team without Kawhi Leonard. I don't think they're a fifty win team without Kawhi. Yeah, I, I I don't. I mean, okay, so so here's your your rotation would be. Um, I mean, so so David you're, you're Lee. Sitting, <laughs> uh, but I mean, David David Lee, he couldn't find playing time in Boston. Yeah, but you know what, Popovich is figuring out a way to make well, him work. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, may, I mean, maybe Popovich could get them to get them to 50 wins, mm-hmm. but you know, um, you know, so Aldridge is your best player, um, and then you're, you know, you have Dwayne Dedman mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Pau Gasol and Danny and Green Lee and your other base. So you have, um, you know, Danny Green, who's a great, you know, a, a great two way, a great, you know, three point shooter and defender. Mm-hmm. I guess your starting small forward probably now is Jonathan Simmons. Probably, yeah. Like a nice athlete, and then you still have you know Patty Mills and Ginobili. I mean, you're, you're like, I think. I mean, who? No, I I don't know. It just doesn't. I think with Popovich, with his coaching, yeah. You know, may, maybe you could get across to, to to fifty wins, but you know, you know, Leonard is their best defender. Mm-hmm. Um. Of their starters, I feel like him and Green are really their only positive defenders. Or now, now they're starting Dwayne Dedman instead of Pau Gasol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Aldridge, you know, and so and so, I feel like so much of their defense comes from his ability just to take a guy one on one and terrorize them. And, uh, and 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 I think that the scoring deficit would be a little bit tricky. I mean, I guess they'd probably go back to how they played. You know, you know. Four, three or four years ago, you know, with all the passing and the mm-hmm. ball movement, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if they have those guys, you know, because they don't, they don't have. A, actually, Papagasol is a good big man passer. I don't know if he's as good as Boris Diaw at passing. I think, I think that's, I think without Kawhi, it's trick. I mean, it's, it's tricky. I, you know, I think, but could Popovich coach the Cavs without LeBron to fifty wins? Mm. 
mean, Kevin Love won 48 wins or 46 wins in Minnesota. Yeah. Like one of his last years there. I mean, don't could Pop build an offense? I mean, these are we're getting now into just like imaginary basketball. I mean, listen, I think Pop could do just about anything. Right. Um so, but um I think your your point remains LeBron. You know, last year Sam, I thought I thought LeBron wasn't the best player anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Steph Curry. I was like Steph Curry's better. Yeah. Like hey, this happens. You're the best guy for a while and someone else comes along and that someone else is the best guy. Yeah. Um and uh then the playoffs happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is why we and, play. And yeah, and the other thing is, you know, we're we're always a year too late with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean. It's like it'll be it'll be like there'll be a year or two where Kawhi or Durant or someone else is better than LeBron. Yeah, and like we don't we don't accept it. Because we're just so used to it being LeBron, mm-hmm. and so my thinking was, is like, hey, everyone may think like LeBron's still the best, but like, but Ste- first one MVP two two years in a row, like, yeah. and it's he's he's winning more games. He's taken the championship belt, right? It's like he's the best player, um, and I don't know if it was the injury he got in that first round series that sort of threw him. I don't know if it's just tougher for players like that and teams like that in the playoffs because so much of what you do is based on being freewheeling and carefree and, and just flipping up 30 footers off the dribble. Yeah. Like you don't care, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, and then when it gets to the playoffs, the pressure is just a little too much to do that. Um, but, uh, and, or if it was just, you know, LeBron playing like the three games of his life, uh, right when his team needed it. But yeah. I was like, okay, this is, Pretty amazing. It, it was listen. I I certainly think that finals showed some weaknesses with the Warriors, and I think that they, you know, the last couple of years have been a little bit of a Cinderella story. This happened very quickly. You know, when the Warriors won two years ago and Curry was MVP, you know, they kind of took the league by storm. We sort of saw yeah. this happening with the shooting and the spacing, um, and the sort of you know extinction of the big man. Uh, but it, it happened very quickly, and now I kind of think we're we're two three years into this this renaissance, and the rest of the league is adjusting, and they're getting used to it. They know how to they know how to defend it, and it doesn't mean that the Warriors are are any less dangerous, but it also you know it forces them to to up their game and be able to respond. And you know right now they're struggling, and there are some other teams that are ready to to jump right in and kind of take take the wheel. Um, can, uh, okay. I want to hit you with, uh, we're almost running out of time, but I want to hit you with a question about, so the Spurs, they're going to the playoffs. We know this, this is foregone conclusion. Um, do they win the title? And if they don't, who do you think is going to take them down? Um, I, I do not think they win the title. I think, um, I've read somewhere, I I forget who it was. I wish I could give them credit. Someone who made a point. I think it might have been like poundingtherock.com or, or, and maybe it was Zach Lowe on a podcast. But I remember hearing someone, someone saying, it's like, you know, because the Spurs rest games, mm. do, do all this rest, there's this perception that it's like, well, they don't care about the regular season. Um, you know, because they're willing to lose regular season games in order, like, they just want to be playing their best in, in April right. and, and, and then into May and maybe into June. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that they rest guys is actually offset or more than offset by the fact that they take every game seriously. Mm. 
Um, so even if they're resting, you know, Kawhi and LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, if Jonathan Simmons and David Lee get to start for those guys, Popovich is still coaching those guys like he wants to win those games. And yeah. a lot of times the Spurs do win those games. Yeah. Um, and so just because they're professionals um, and and they they approach every game seriously, um, it's like, you know, they don't have these games like a noon start and Madison Square Garden and they're just lethargic. Yeah. Like, oh, they, they're definitely out partying. Last yeah, night. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like that just like doesn't happen. With oh, them. I know and, those games. I've watched. Them. Right. And so uh, and so because they don't have those games like they despite the reputation for well, they don't care about the regular season, their regular season. They, I mean, they probably their regular season is a um, is an overachievement in most cases. Mm-hmm. So like this team's going to win 62 or 64 games. Uh, you know, I don't think they're really as uh, good as a lot of 62 or 64 win teams. Right. Right. And. There's and maybe I'm just a little shell shocked from what happened last year in yeah. the playoffs. Where I thought they were going to roll Oklahoma City. Yeah, it really that was a shocker. That was that was a real shocker. And um, like I there's like sort of a like there's you know you know you can tell like when one when one team has another team's number in the playoffs is because the the team that's losing they they stop playing guys. Mm. Like I don't know. Like I remember this with um with the Miami Spurs series, the second one where the Spurs rolled them. Right. Is, uh, like, by the end, like, Miami wasn't playing Mario Chalmers. Mm. Miami wasn't playing Norris Cole. Mm-hmm. Like, they were starting Ray Allen. Like, they were trying to bring in, like, Battier. They, I think they tried to bring in Michael Beasley for a little bit. Like, like guys who were in your rotation, you're just like, well, they can't play anymore. Right. Um, and that, you know, that happened to San Antonio last year against Oklahoma City. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, they they're just guys who they were playing. It's like they just can't play anymore. I mean, they played Duncan right off the floor. Yeah. And um. And, and you're and, suspecting and that game, that might be the, the case. Uh, so I look at this this ros- this roster, right? All right, Kawhi's playing. Yeah. And and Danny Green is playing. Yeah. Thank goodness um, LaMarcus Aldridge's heart arrhythmia is not an issue anymore. Yes. I guess he's back yeah. on the court. So so Aldridge, Aldridge is, is playing. And then it's like, you know, Gasol can't really defend. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, and, he, and recently he's not he, – he's, he's been – they've been bringing him off the bench mm-hmm. and starting Dwayne Dedman, mm-hmm. which, which I really like because now Gasol can be some offense on the second unit. Mm-hmm. He's playing with Mills and Ginobili. And this has been something that's going on for a while, like, you know, ever since the Boris Diaw days, you know, because Ginobili plays with the bench – the bench usually does a lot more ball movement. Yes. You know, like a lot of the stuff that we think of as like Spurs basketball is really just the Spurs bench. Yeah, their their B um, team coming out and kind of, you know, hustling when the other team's starters are tired. Yeah, and so Gasol, because he's a, a good low post scorer, a good shooter, a good passer, like he, he I think, fits in really nicely with that. Um, and so, you know, Gasol, David Lee, Ginobili, Patty Mills... Uh, and so, so there's so Aldridge is playing, Leonard's playing, Green is playing. I think we're more likely to see Patty Mills in a fourth quarter mm-hmm. than Parker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's because, uh, in large part, because of the defense. Yep. Uh, for years, Patty was handcuffed to Ginobili because Mills was more of a spot-up shooter, mm-hmm. who doesn't penetrate or do a lot of pick and roll. But Ginobili did all that stuff, and so you still had someone doing traditional point guard things. Even when 
Parker know. wasn't on the floor. Right. But now, because Kawhi does a lot of those things, because Kawhi will run a pick and roll mm-hmm. and set up teammates, like Mills doesn't have to be handcuffed to Ginobili anymore. So you can have, you know, Mills. So there's like, there's four guys. I'm not sure who the fifth guy is. Dwayne Dedman's a great defender, but I just kind of. You're you like, know, those, I'm not sold on Dwayne players. Dedman. I'm not sold yeah, those, on him. Those one way players just seem to have a hard time in playoff matchups where they get scouted and pe- like people just don't guard them. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, and so like the Spurs, you know, Parker can't get a lot of separation. Um, and I don't know what he does in a warrior series. Yeah. I mean, who, yeah. who's he guarding? That's like, do they come out of a warrior series? And even with all the problems golden States had, I don't know if they do. Um, and so, so that's like, that's so a lot of their success, I mean, it reminds me of last year. Last year they won 67 games, but they went up against the Thunder. The Thunder had another gear, and the Spurs just didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the Spurs had nine or ten guys who had been playing all season, and then they had a, they had a hard time finding the right combination of, of five guys to take most of the minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, the the wild card with San Antonio is, I think, Kawhi Leonard playing power forward. Yeah. Which he can do because he can guard anyone and he can rebound like a maniac. So you don't lose that much. And I'm, I'm really curious if they do that, if they have another wing playing well, if Ginobili, Ginobili's playing well or Jonathan Simmons is playing well, I could see them spending a lot of time in that kind of lineup. So I, I have a to, – to me, um, it, the team seems to be – uh, like a really great regular season team. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where the extra gear is um, unless it's Kawhi. Okay. And it's just, you know, Kawhi going, going, going bonkers. I mean, um, that, I mean, that could happen. I mean, that might be maybe what the Spurs have been missing for a while is a player like Kawhi Leonard, who is so monstrously dominant. He takes over an entire game. And I mean, we used to see Tim Duncan do that, but, Yes. You know, it was a while ago. It's not that he was not good. It's just that, listen, those 03, 05, those years when Duncan just was a monster, you know, that was, you saw they had to compensate. He aged, they had to build a team around him. And I mean, maybe we'll see that from Kawhi. You know, maybe we'll see 40 point games from Kawhi Leonard. I think it's possible. I think it's possible we we could come out of a playoff series and say like, hey, I think Kawhi is better than Durant. Wow. And not just like had a better season or whatever, but like he he might be just like a better player. Yeah. Um. Overall. Um. But if we if we don't, I have a hard time seeing them beating Golden State. I just don't think Golden State's a very good matchup for San Antonio because, um, you have to guard all their perimeter yep. players. Yep. There's there's no place to hide. Yeah. Now, uh, how now that being said, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people say it's like you know Houston's a bad matchup for San Antonio. San Antonio's beat Houston three out of four times this year. Now all those games were close. Um, but if you're going to tell me that you know that Houston's a tough matchup for San Antonio, or if you're going to tell me that Popovich is going to have trouble with a Mike D'Antoni coach yeah, team, I don't believe that in the playoffs. I don't believe that. Then I would like to refer you, sir, to some history. <laughs> Uh, so I, I so like I don't see 
I, I, and those those are Bulls, regular season wins. I don't. It, you get you put Houston and San Antonio in a playoff series. I kind of think Popovich will find a way to crack that code. Right, and if you're going to say it's like, hey, Houston has a formula that works in the playoffs, like average defense but shooting a ton of threes. It's like, oh yeah, that no, that's the that's not what works in no, the playoffs. No, that got they got lo- they lost in the conference finals. I think we remember um, that. And so I don't I. I so I, I don't I don't really see another threat. I mean, you know who I think is sort of a, is a the the sleeping the sleeping giant is the Clippers, who, yeah. who were who were superb. I, again, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I thought the Clippers were superb in November. Mm-hmm. I they kind were. of like their bench. Mm-hmm. They have talent. And I mean, this just sort of feels like a last ride to me. Yeah. If they can get right, if they can get right and playing together, I think they could be dangerous. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if they're are they're already checked out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Golden State is living so deeply in their heads that they're just like, there's no point in living. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Golden State just owns them. Yeah. So much. I don't know if they just feel like, well, hey, what's the point? Yeah. Um, but like, if San Antonio is a one seed and and the Clippers are a four or five yep. seed, and the Clippers and if- won the first round series, and they're like, hey, even if we get rolled by Golden State in the conference finals, we can make a conference finals. Yeah. And, and you- who knows? Maybe we'll get there, and Durant will get injured, or Curry will get injured like he did last year, and then we're in the final. Like, so so because of Blake's talent, um, DeAndre Jordan's defense. Uh, Chris Paul, and, you know, a Chris Paul, JJ Redick. I mean, those guys—they're not going and, away, right? And so it's—it's. It's, I mean, I would not be surprised. Um, do you, I mean, do you remember the the second Boston uh, Lakers finals? The yeah, two, the one that the the one that the Lakers won, the one that went yeah. to seven games, twenty ten. Yeah, where the the Celtics were winning in the fourth quarter of Game Seven. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, great series. You know, the Celtics, I think, were like the four or the five seed that year. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, because they were were a super team. They didn't care where they got into the playoffs as long as they got in. Right. And so I wonder if there's something with that with the Clippers now where they're just like, of course, you know, the Clippers, you know, have not been to a finals. They've not been to a conference finals. They haven't won a title like those those Celtics teams. But if there's just sort of a a, a thing, it's like, you know, once guys started getting injured for them in December, they're just like, hey, let's just sort of like, Take this easy. Let's not worry about it. Yeah, but let's go slow. Like the... I, I don't, I don't know. It, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too, totally shocked if you know they beat the, you know the first round series against the Jazz. They win it in five games, and it's right. like oh, oh yeah, they're they. Oh right, got... we we forgot. This is the sleeping giant that's now waking up at the right time. Right. Um. No, I can't. I can't say that that's totally going to happen. I would kind of like for them to drop to the sixth seed so they could play Houston in the first round because that is a series <laughs> I'd uh, like to see. So for so if you go back to San Antonio, uh, I, I have a hard time seeing them beat Golden State because mm-hmm. of Golden State's talent and and the matchups. But watch out! But you're saying watch out for the Clippers. Yeah, I I, I think um, I, I I like San Antonio against Houston. The Clippers, if they got right, would would scare me a little bit, um, and and beyond that, I, I I don't think there's a team in the West that scares me. So I, I mean, I see San Antonio being in the conference finals. Okay, 
uh, unless um, you know maybe they catch the Clippers and the Clippers get rolling. Right. I, I can see the Clippers doing what Oklahoma City did last year, which was just shocking of, them in the semis. Find yeah, finding themselves um, in the semis and and also just being a tough, being a little bit of a tough matchup for for San Antonio. Yeah. But um, because you know I guess Lamarcus guards Blake. Yeah, um, but and, DeAndre's still out there, so now yes. you have to have one of Deadman. It's like it's harder to go small yep. against them. And and DeAndre and, has been is having a career year right now. Yeah, and you, I mean, you could say it's like we well, don't need to guard DeAndre with a big because he's not really a scorer. But then you're just gonna get killed on rebounds yes. Yes. and killed on those alley oops. Uh, I'm, I mean, it it is no secret that this Clippers team is still extremely dangerous. And, you know, they, but like you said, just, they kind of haven't been right all season. And maybe, maybe those superstars are just going to wake up and say, Hey, did you guys forget about us? Because we're still here. And, uh, you know, they could actually, they could totally sneak in and upset one of these teams. I mean, it was pretty impressive when they took down the Spurs a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, that was, we don't forget that it was a big deal. And I think that's the exact reason why you're, you're bringing up this stuff right now. And, uh, Dude, I think that's all the time we have. Um, all right. So uh, the the truth, you heard it here first. Jay Hop, the all time lover of the Spurs, is such a true realistic fan that he is actually going to say, "Yes, I love my team. No, I don't think they're going to win the title this year." But he's saying second round against the Clippers might be their demise, or conference finals against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, there's a path. Like if Durant's not right, then there's. Dude, uh, there, uh, then there's a path. If, there's, I, if Durant is not right, we might be seeing Spurs Cavaliers in the finals. And I, I think that's, I think that's a better matchup for San Antonio. Not to say that they would win. No, I think that's a better matchup for def- San Antonio. Definitely a better um, matchup. I would agree with that. All right, um, man. I, uh, I think we got to plug some of your stuff. Can you, uh, can we uh, have you plug things for Smith Street Stage? Yes, I'm going to plug things for Smith Street Stage. Um, in April, Smith Street Stage is doing a workshop of The Winter's Tale, directed Ooh. by uh, Eric Pearson, a new director uh, who we're bringing in to do this workshop of The Winter's Tale. Ooh. And then in June, we're coming back out to Carroll Park, where uh, I will be directing Richard III. <laughs> so that's the first show I've uh, directed for us um, uh, since Julius Caesar, which was four years ago. Congratulations um, on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I think it should be great. So yeah, check us out at smithstreetstage.org. We're an, uh, we're a not-for-profit, so you can also make tax-deductible donations. Yeah, right around right around tax time. This is a good thing to know. Yeah. There you go. Um, thank you, Sam. Um, we should do this again when the playoff matchups are set. I think that is a wonderful idea. <laughs> Um, and also, I'm going. I'm going to Ireland for a couple of weeks. I'm shooting a movie in Ireland. I'm shooting a Hamlet adaptation in Ireland. Nice. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to miss March Madness. And so if you and your listeners over the next two weeks could root for uh, Virginia Tech, who's a, a, a nine seed going up against Wisconsin, and root for North Carolina, a one seed, uh, and just and also just please root against Duke. We can do that. We can do that. Just if you could, if we could do those things, because I'm, I'm don't think I'm going to be able. To, I'm going to come back. And I'm just going to be like, hey, who won the national championship? 
And if it's Duke, I'm just not going to be able to deal with it. All right. I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm done. If that's so. the case, we will not share that information with you at all. You should go and enjoy yeah. that Irish coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, dude, that's great news. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but uh, listen, guys, you heard it here first. Jonathan Hopkins, J-Hop, Executive Director of Smith Street Stage, coming on to talk some Spurs. Give it to you real. And uh, stay tuned for all the stuff that's going to be coming up at Smith Street Stage. Um, as you heard, lots of fun things coming. Uh, now is the winter of our discontent, but certainly not when you're going to go see Richard III at Smith Street Stage. Um, I did quote that right. That is Richard III, right? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, this, I was yeah, like, I still know line. my Shakespeare pretty well. Yes. Um, all right, but that's all we have for today. Uh, subscribe to Sam Sports Station on... Um, uh, like Sam Sports Station on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. You can uh, subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And again, thank you to Don Kenyon for my new Sam Sports Podcast theme music. That's right, I got a new theme music. Um, and uh, we'll be back to talk some more NBA and some more NFL free agency as it's coming up. But uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Sam. We'll talk soon. All right, take it easy, guys. Bye bye. See you, bud.